You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mayo, and at Nada the Scribe. I want to talk about LaMelo Ball and more of him not starting. That is something that we just can't get by these days. I want to continue to talk a little bit more about that. Um, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Um, and, and one of the bigger things that we're going to be focusing today's podcast on, it's going to be LaMelo because not a, he's front and center yeah, here exactly. tonight. How about the whole national, the, the, the whole national NBA audience is going to be watching LaMelo and Lonzo battle it out. The battle of the ball brothers, if you will, watching them tonight, it's going to be a lot of fun. And this is the Charlotte Hornets only nationally televised game. I believe if you just get rid of NBA TV which does not count, of course. And so you look at them tonight at 730 is when tip is set um, to watch these two teams go at it. Pelicans, a favorite by seven points, by the way, four and four on the season so far. Uh, not how excited are you about this one? A nationally televised game. Bad for that I'm really not that excited for this. Like, I, I, I just don't feel like the national narrative that normally comes with these Hornets games because I'm not expecting much. I'm expecting the Hornets to stay competitive but to lose a game that they just, like, unfortunately for the Hornets, this is part of being in step 1.5 of a rebuild. You just don't have some of the passports on the stamp. Again, you don't have enough stamps on the passport to compete with some of these teams that have a lot of talent. The Pelicans are one of those teams that have a lot of talent. Have they figured it out yet? No. But at the same time, They've got a lot of talent on that team, and talent wins in this league. And for right now, I'm not looking forward to this game. I'm, I think they're going to get blown out personally, but I'm not expecting a close game. I'm happy for the spotlight. I'm happy for LaMelo to get his shine. I wish he was starting in this regard, but for right now, happy? No. I'm just praying that they don't get blown out. That's my only hope. You know, I don't... I don't think you're being a complete hater because I do think you bring something interesting up. I didn't, I guess, truly think of they're getting all this national spotlight and I think it's very okay. And I think it's, it, and I'm with everyone that's excited about this game. Yeah, I'm ready to watch this one. I'm excited. I always like it when they're on the big boy broadcast, just because it has a different feel to it. And I, I, I get that feeling of having a different feel to it, but it would also really suck if the Charlotte Hornets come out in a nationally televised game and lose again, you know, usually the Charlotte Hornets are the team that you schedule for homecoming. The Boston's it's, in fact, <laughs> there's no truer sense of that it's exact example. <laughs> it, it's the Kemba game last year. Charlotte was the homecoming game for Kimba Walker. And eventually the Charlotte Hornets would go out there in spectrum center. They would lose and the Hornets lose another nationally televised game. I don't want that to happen again. And so your point well taken there. If the Charlotte Hornets play a nationally televised game and they lose and maybe they lose by double digits, maybe they give a good fight, but eventually they fall short by about 10 points, then that doesn't do us a whole lot of favors. You're paying attention to LaMelo. That's a little bit of a different aspect, but I don't want to be embarrassed again. I, I, I want this to be a team that comes out and performs well enough to win. 
and it's LaMelo Ball getting one over on his older brother, Lonzo Ball, and the Pelicans. And the Charlotte Hornets actually create a little bit of buzz, if you will, and saying, hey, Hornets, pretty interesting little team they've got going on right now. And I'll still use the word little because that's how the national perspective is going to and be surrounding us, uh, surrounding us here. But um, yeah, that's true. And the fact that biz is the only big playing, um, but it's, it's the Charlotte Hornets that can possibly, if LaMelo ball comes out, has a good performance, plays 30 minutes tonight and they actually win. Perhaps this can be some swing and momentum um, towards this, towards actually gaining some national attention more frequently. Cause remember, and one other thing I want to say, the, this is the only nationally televised game in the first half of the season. If the Charlotte Hornets do well tonight, they continue to play at least some exciting brand of basketball where LaMelo is a big draw as the season goes on, then I'd be interested to see how many nationally televised games um, they get in the second half. I'm not saying you're going to get three or four, but you know, is there enough of a draw to at least maybe get one no, more in the second funny half? Because I do see, for some reason, I see this team as being better in the second half, and I've continued to see them as better in the second half because you have a lot of young guys. So th- I do believe that this is the first of many national games this year. Maybe, like you said, additional one or two here on the back end. But for right now, I do look forward to, like, while I say they're going to get blown blown out, I do want to see how people prepare differently now that the national lights are on you. Now that you have to have these ESPN production meetings, and granted, a lot of them are going to be focused on Brandon Ingram, being focused on um, Zion Williamson, Stan Van Gundy. But JB, how are you going to prepare when you have an extra two or three uh, ESPN production meetings that you, that you got to be a part of? How is LaMelo going to focus on that? How are guys like Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, guys like that, how are you going to focus? How are you going to prepare? Because that can show up in the wash when you talk about these games. So when you have these big games, how you prepare is going to be even more paramount. And if they come out flat, if they come out sloppy, that's because they're just not ready, quote unquote, for prime time yet. So this is a good, like, no matter how this game came about, it's still good preparation considering that this team, if they do this right, is going to do this more often. All right. I want to continue to make LaMelo Ball the focal point of this podcast with the game tonight against Lonzo. But first, before we take a break, I want to also talk to you about betonline.ag. If you want to bet on the NFL games this weekend, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. It's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. So you don't have to sit out on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code once again locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts more lamello ball coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets i'm not a big fan of grape jelly i kind of i'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly i'm not a fan of grape anything now i like grapes but i don't like grape flavoring i think it goes back to the robitussin that i had as a kid and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to yeah, be back. Great to be back on the show. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. And if you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. I saw your boy Q put out a podcast already, the latest edition of Locked on Bets. So if you go there right now, go to their Twitter handle. You can go check them out and make sure you are well-informed before you start to be your degenerate self and put some money on some of the games this weekend. Now, I want to talk more about LaMelo, and I saw the podcast that had Sam Vecini. I believe it was Vecini's podcast this go-around, not the one on the Locked On Podcast Network, but John Hollinger joined Sam Vecini, and they were discussing the Charlotte Hornets and the Minnesota Timberwolves doing the right thing, how they would instead put LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards on the bench, not putting a ton of on their plate like a starting role. As soon as a truncated season and truncated offseason hits, it's not that they have to come in and start and have all of this responsibility right away. And you could possibly use that still as an argument. Even if it is only eight games and Devontae Graham is really struggling, you don't have to put LaMelo Ball in there now because you don't want to put all of that responsibility on such a young basketball player, and you don't want to do that for Anthony Edwards. But, you know, I, and, and I get that. I actually think that's no, a smart it's, it's move. The right way not to a, do it. I, I didn't, it is the right way to do it. Yeah, it is. And we, and we didn't have any problems with that. I, there was a time I thought LaMelo was going to start, and then eventually I think it was pretty easy to see we were going to get Terry Rozier and we were going to get Devonte as the starters. And I was cool with that. I, I, I was fine, you know, especially at the start of the season, if that's how you wanted to handle it. I even get that way of thinking that Hollinger and Vecini were talking about totally understand it. And after the first game where LaMelo didn't have a good debut, of course, it's like, okay, yeah, you certainly aren't going to be advocating for him starting all of these minutes, but boy, it's turned around extremely quickly. He's been so good. You have Mike Schmitz, who's always been high on LaMelo ball, but he's coming on ESPN talking about how great of a rebounder he is, how well he's playing. Bobby Marks joined Rosinski and Yarbrough yesterday on seven 30, the game and was talking about, how LaMelo has been a very good basketball player so far. You know, for me, Nada, <laughs> it's mission accomplished already, yeah. right? Like, good job. Totally, 100% agree that Borrego, with Borrego's decision to bring LaMelo, balls, uh, LaMelo Ball off the bench. Did I almost just say LaMelo Balls yes, off the bench? Yes, did I almost did. just say that? For Goodness shame, gracious. Whew, buddy. This is a G-rated podcast, buddy. <laughs> it still, it still yes, fits, it though, right? Goodness gracious. Like, this is a G-rated podcast, and here you go trying to ruin it for everybody. No, nope. Trying to get everybody losing Not checks. anymore. <laughs> LaMelo Ball off of the bench, even though I completely agree with that decision at the beginning of the season from James Brago, it's time. I LaMelo has already shown that he's ready for this. And I'll say this too, Nada. LaMelo is probably better equipped as well to handle a lot of that responsibility and all of this publicity that comes with being a big fish in somewhat of a small pond. If we're going to use that as the small market that Charlotte is right now, he's cool with this. He's already been a professional. He's better suited to deal with the shortened off season and regular season than all the other rookies because he's been in the limelight since he was Lonzo Ball's brother and Lonzo entered the limelight. LaMelo scored 92 points. He's had the dad, LaVar. 
Brevar Ball. You know, he's been in California. He's winning state championships as a sophomore in high school. Like, this is someone that's already dealt with all of that stuff. And you can see him rapidly improving, making smarter decisions. It's just time. So point taken from Bassini and Hollinger, who I think they're actually right. I'm just saying now, even at nine games in, it's it's time for me. And I know I you agree, agree with me. you. I do worry, though, that it. I do worry about too much too soon. And there, like, there are two different sides that are fighting with me. The smart side saying, hey, look, this guy is doing well in his role. Why mess with it? Keep going. And why ruin a bad thing? The excited side of me, the more emotional side is like, we want to see this kid start because we want to see triple doubles. We want to see something we're talking about with this team. So there is an interesting little dichotomy within me that I have to fight every single day, Walker, just to make sure that I don't give in to this beast. I have to <laughs> fight it. And I am trying to fight it. And you know what you're doing, Walker? You're not helping. You're not no. Well, no, I'm not going to help. I think you should agree with what you said was the smart side. <laughs> Just go ahead and, and and play LaMelo Ball, at least the starters minutes. And um, Panthers Mafia, Pre Malone tweeted at us saying it, it was just weird about he didn't say it was weird, but he just talked about the minutes distribution. It's one thing not to start LaMelo, but it's another thing to have the minutes distribution be what they were. And that was the point we were trying to make yesterday. You know, it was the fact that Devonte played 39 minutes and it was LaMelo playing 24 which was less than what he had played the three previous contests. And they only scored 102 points in, in that game against Atlanta that not, I know you have kind of found interesting here recently because of the athletic article that came out where it seemed like Trey young was just kind of frustrated after a film review. And you think my, he might've even just, I don't, I don't know what words you want to go through Nada, but it, it certainly seems like you're kind of hinting at him going through the motions oh, in that Charlotte no, Hornets no, no, game no, no, is what no, you're no, saying. No, Trey Young was doing. I'm saying, I'm saying I, I know. Okay. The man took nine shots. The man had seven turnovers. Um, I was, I quite honestly, I am. I don't know how to describe this. I it, like I would probably tell you that I don't think Trey Young gave his best effort, put his best foot forward on Wednesday, which is why I kind mm -hmm. of worry about especially this weekend since they play them again on Saturday and all this has come out and basically Trey Young sloughed this off like eh, we're going again me and John Collins after a film review you we're 23 22 23 we're young we're immature we're going to handle this at like grown men which tells me everything is hunky dory because everybody's got a lot to lose John Collins has got a lot of money to lose Lloyd Pierce has his job to lose and Trey yeah. Young has respect to lose everybody loses if this does not go well so therefore i have a feeling that if La if LaMelo and them don't get this game tonight I, I, I like this saying now, cancel Valentine's Day. Just cancel it. it no mm. chocolates. No, no love no anywhere. No flowers. No jewelry. Cancel all of it. It's all done. Done. Mm -hmm. So you think uh, after the battle of the balls tonight, you think things are getting a little testy with the Atlanta yeah. organization? Yes. yes Is that I what am. you're saying? Yes, I am. Are you picking up on yes, anything that I'm putting and down I, right and I'm there? I'm trying to ignore it like the grown-up <laughs> that I am. <laughs> 
Well, look, I just think it's important, Nada, for us to continue to develop and for us to keep growing here on the podcast. That's what I'm telling I you. I hate you I think we so, should be doing on the Lockdown so, Podcast so, Network. So much. Go to break. <laughs> we got one final segment. One final segment to go on the Lockdown Hornets Podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a me, radar. of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from uh, Catawba County. To put so, him on the radar. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked on Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. You can subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked on Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcast. So a couple of other things to look for, you know, not a, we continue to talk about LaMelo when he's going to start the kind of minutes that he's going to play. Just kind of looking at this from a Devonte Graham standpoint. Um, can Devonte Graham's starting spot survive another four or less field goal total no. game tonight? Do you think James Rago is going to continue to stick with him because of the comments that he had? Or do you think that if it happens and, and the also the perspective of it happening on national television on ESPN, does that carry any weight whatsoever with what James Brago might decide to do with the minutes tonight? And maybe uh, even it going absolutely forward? has to. I don't think here's the thing. I've as much as the smart side says let things stay the way they are. I don't think Devont emotionally. I don't think Devonte can handle another one or two. Like I don't think. Let, let's put it this way: if Devonte has less than ten field goals over the weekend, I don't think he survives. I don't think he survives a weekend. I don't as a starting point guard. Mm-hmm. I don't think he survives. And at this point, I just want to see something different. I don't want to continue because it goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. It's a definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. At this point, through this this through this season, we are at I believe game. I'm sorry, we're at game nine. Tonight will be game nine. Mm-hmm. We'll have gone through ten games, and if Devonte continues to perform like this, you will have gone through basically one seventh of the season. Devonte has shown you that he cannot handle it for right now. It is time to move on. Yeah, I'll, I want to talk about the struggles of Devonte and PJ and why I think they're different because they've clearly been the most disappointing Charlotte Hornets this season based on expectations you had and based on the way that they've been performing. When you look at PJ Washington stats defensively, he's been bad. So, um, and there's not really many defensive stats that you can put a whole lot of faith in. You can trust more than others, but certainly you watch PJ. There's just been a lot of little things, defensive lapses that he's had, especially as the game has gone on, which is weird. Not, I know you've pointed that out. It seems like in the fourth quarter, even defensively, there's been bigger problems with PJ and I know Doug, came on and talked about that. But I think with PJ, the struggles with him, I think they're a little bit more outlierish than they are to with Devontae. When, when you look fair at to, to be fair to PJ, PJ's asked to do a lot more. With Devontae, yeah, there's been totally a agree. lot less to be asked of him. And and he's still struggling. Well well totally agree with that. That That's kind of what I wanted to get into. It here's the thing with Devontae, and we've talked about it a lot, but just kind of looking at the numbers 
I mean, not, I didn't realize how bad the shooting percentage was inside the perimeter. I, I knew it was awful. I didn't know it was this bad. He's shooting 16.2% from two point range right now. Wait, what? I, it, his free throws, his free throw attempts are worse than they were last year, which is expected if you're talking about a usage percentage going down too, but it's still not nearly as it's not as good as it was last year. The free throw attempts that he's getting to the game, um, getting, you know, getting to the line, I should say you look at, you know, some of these other stats, just the distance, um, and, and the percentages that come with the distance that he's had at the rim. You look at Devonte Graham between zero and three feet last year, he was at least shooting 54.3%. It's not God awful when you're talking about zero and between zero and three feet, I should say. And then it really hurt him when you're talking about, um, you know, those shots in between three feet and 10 feet kind of right before um, before the free throw line. He was shooting 27.4% and then 10 to 16 feet. He's shooting 35%. But really the struggle area for him was the 27.4% that he shot between three and 10 feet from the field. You're looking at Devonte now shooting 16.2 from two point area. He's shooting 28.6 within three feet of the basket. He's not shooting anything. He's shooting zero flat out zero between three and 10 feet. And he's shooting 11.1 between 10 and 16 feet from the field. It, it's it's PJ, his attempts from three are down and you actually look at his season percentage. It's gotten up to 38, which is actually a tiny bit better than what he shot last year. His shots at the rim are actually down this year too. His, his percentage is, um, and his shots are going up and his percentage is going down, but I expect that to correct itself. I don't know how much I expect Devonte Graham recover to improve on areas that he was so weak at last year. If he gets off to such an awful start and he doesn't have as much responsibility, he should be getting better shots. And this is somebody that was a huge believer in Devante. I, I just, these are the reasons why I worry a lot more about Devante than no, I do PJ. Very, very right. Because if all those stats are down and he's not performing and then he becomes that one trick pony that once you chase him off the free throw off the three point line, he's virtually useless. That's a disturbing trend. I don't care who you are. Because at that point, if you're only good for one thing, then or you've become discount Patty Mills just for just argument's sake, if he's just that, that doesn't that doesn't just hurt him. That hurts his money. That hurts the team. And then if that's what he's going to be, and last year was such an outlier in terms of what he had to do, and a lot of that was just because of district again, just usage. If a lot of what he was last year was because of usage, then it makes you have to rethink everything involving Devontae Graham. And to me, that's kind of disturbing because then that means at what point do you not only do you put him over on the bench, but at what point do you actually kind of go to the um, we got to start. We got to put Malik Monk back in the rotation over a Devontae Graham if this continues for 15, 20 games, you know? <laughs> Well, and, and here's the other thing too, Nada. I, look, I'm, I'm such a fan of Devonte. I really want him to do well so much to the point where we argued about giving him an extension and I wanted to go ahead and bet on him. Even with all of those struggles that he had in the second half of the year, I wanted to bet on Devonte. I thought there, there would be a better opportunity with him playing a little bit more off ball, playing with a LaMelo and being able to get freer shots, which I think he is. 
it's just that they haven't come his way. And that, that's why I don't want it to be just that I'm hating on him. But these numbers, they're really bad they shooting-wise. Jonathan DeLong, Jonathan DeLong of At The Hive put out an interesting article, though, actually defending Graham and saying, you know, this is why Devontae is actually, the headline is, Devontae Graham is, in fact, good and not bad. And he puts a lot of really good stats in here, talking about some of the actual beneficial things that Graham has done with this team. The 6.3 assists per game, they lead the Hornets by a pretty substantial margin at the time of this article right before I believe the Hawks game maybe right after his 7.14 assist to turnover ratio is the second best in the league he has been very good at taking care of the basketball with a team that had big time turnover issues in the preseason you're also talking about a defensive rating that's 96.7 um, that's eighth among players that at least play 20 minutes per game in the NBA I think the defensive stats here are completely misleading for Devonte. I I don't think he's a good defender and so you know point taken on Devonte actually having a good floor game in some different areas here and there but not if Devonte is not shooting well he hasn't shot well in the eight games that he's played so far this year he didn't shoot well in like the 35 games he played after the Brooklyn 40 point performance so that's a long long time where I think he shot like 36% from the field after that game against Brooklyn, not from two point range, but from the field after that game against Brooklyn, the shooting numbers are just so bad. They override, in my opinion, a lot of the other things that he does. And if facilitating is the thing that he does best and you got LaMelo yep, ball on your team, that that's the problem. Not a, that that's the problem to me. And so I, I hate doing this because I love Devonte. I want to see him thrive. I hope I'm dead wrong. He comes out and he has five games in a row where he shoots over 40% from three actually gets to the line a little bit more cool. Let's ride, right? Like let's go with Devonte. maybe even still off the bench, but um, you know, at, at least Devonte will be really, really lethal off of the pine. It's just, man, I, I'm really no, worried about him right be. now. Like, because you know what this reminds me a lot of right now? The Dwayne Bacon situation where they came. Yeah, it does me too, like, Nada. Where it does. The guy basically took over the league, like showed a lot on film that hadn't been there before, put up a lot of numbers, won some games in the process, and then comes back and doesn't have a counterpunch to what film is showing you. And the crazy part to this is he's asked to do less. That is my concern right now, because if that means that yeah, you're having to go, oh, this is what he's going to get from now on, and he can't, he doesn't have the counterpunch, then there's legitimate time. There's this is a legitimate time to worry about what Devontae Graham is going to be going forward. Well, and just to clarify my agreement with you and Dwayne Bacon, it's kind of like that light, right? Like it, it reminds me of such a poor, poor start where the numbers are are very atrocious, bad, atrociously bad when you look at just some of the shooting percentage. You know, Dwayne Bacon's floor game wasn't even good. And there's some moments from that with Devontae where like Devontae clearly better than than Dwayne Bacon is, you know, way, way, way better decision maker, way, way better passer than Dwayne is. So I don't want to say, hey, he's playing a lot like Dwayne Bacon was last year. It's just the, the struggle. And I think you're kind of going with this way as well. J just, just the way that the struggles are so apparent at the beginning of the season, it, it does remind you a little bit 
of Dwayne Bacon in that specific regard, not comparing them as players because clearly Devonte is a lot better, but just comparing them with the struggles that they've had. Yeah, it, it does remind me a little of that with both of those guys and the way they entered each of the last two seasons, but hopefully that changes tonight. They've got the game against the Pelicans. It's prime time. Tip is set for 730. It's the battle of LaMelo and Lonzo as well as getting to see the Charlotte Hornets team in the spotlight, especially after Gordon Hayward scored 40 points. So maybe he can follow that up with another strong performance on ESPN. Thanks for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Once again, thanks to uh, thanks to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. Mm-hmm.